facing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Yes, we've become a little used to this. Green Light On Premier Racing podcast previewing the Meadows on a Friday evening once again, paving the way for Saturday night for the Melbourne Cup. And when we talk Meadows, we talk Corey Smith. And Smith, doggy dog, you're on the line, mate. What's travelling? Oh, you know, just same old, same old, mate. We are getting used to this Friday night stuff, although I do keep saying Saturday night every time I mention our race meeting. So I'll be glad when it goes back to normal next week and I'll uh, stop being made to look like a fool, although that's a very hard task. Mate, we're both in pretty ordinary form. I think I just introduced you with uh, what's travelling. It was either what's going on or how you're travelling, but I went somewhere in the middle, but uh, that doesn't matter. Meadows, 12 races, though, on the card, mate. Uh, uh, look, it's it's interesting. The, the thing I like about this time of year is obviously we're seeing the elite dogs at Sandown Park, but I noticed just previewing the form, there's a couple of these Adelaide visitors that the Rasmussens have decided this is the time to come across to the Meadows. And if anything, maybe it strengthens the race meeting as a whole. Yeah, exactly right. You, you get a few of these Raiders. You get a few that are uh, probably looking for the Silver Chief as well, obviously, mm. on the 3rd and the 10th of December. So they kick off next week. They're trying to get a little bit of a look in. So it is uh, it is getting a little bit stronger. And then, of course, once the Silver Chief comes in the heat next week, it'll be nice and hot, the fields, for sure. I'm going to put you under the pump here, mate. Is there any that you'd think right now would be genuine Silver Chief chances from what you've seen so far at the Meadows? Uh, uh, in in the race meeting this Friday night or in oh, general? Just in general, mate. All this Friday night, whatever you've got, we're, we're only after the winner, mate. We don't care how we get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a there's a couple that uh, in Amron Boy and Plaintiff who, who tend to go all right and they're still eligible for a Silver Chief, but it's whether they go there or not, I'm not 100% sure. So it could be uh, could be the next wave of dogs. There's there's one in the first uh, in Brutal Power, which I've been told is, being, is probably going to go for the, for the Silver Chief. So it'll be interesting. And then obviously Yacht. Bale as well, who is in the, uh, in the Melbourne Cup final mm. as well, will we'll look to come to the Silver Chief as well for Team Dalbridge. So there's a, it's going to be a hot series. It'll just be interesting to see whether there are some of the dogs come into the Silver Chief or whether they wait for the Phoenix or, or do both. So we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Run of the week. Well, I'm assuming this could even be a little bit of a Silver Chief contender, a greyhound who won race one last Friday night by the name of Tinker Norman. This was a pretty big win, and here's exactly how he went about it from the wide draw. Racing, good line speed from Incinerator on the inside, showing speed Zoe Bale. Between them was Incineration tight to the first term, and looping the field now was Tinker Norm. Tinker Norm sweeps around and takes the front from Zoe Bale. On the outside was Aston Pivot. On the rail was Incinerator from Incineration, then Roman Blazer. Well back, Kanji Tanker, last new wave wine, but Tinker Norm is off. Tinker Norm out by five, trying hard, Zoe Bale. Big win first here for Tinker Norm, does it by five. Zoe Bale and, and Incinerator. Fourth in will be Aston Pivot. Clear then of Roman Blazer, Incineration, and then came New Wave Wine and Can. I had to uh, leave that just a little bit longer to hear Dan Hibbard get through Incineration and Incinerator in the same race. It was uh, <laughs> it was an interesting one. Uh, it wasn't even my run of the week, really. I just wanted to listen to that replay again. But uh, no, on a serious note, really, really impressed with that, that win from Box 8. The draw may have been perfect, though. Um, whether or not Tinker Norm's got the scope to do what he did moving forward from inside draws, we'll have to wait and see. But he was four and five wide through that first corner, Smithy, and he still went 17-7 down the back. I mean, that that's a scary prospect if he can get that start right.
Yeah, and that was a really, really hot race for a provincial to a, a, uh, a Meadows race that was really, really hot. So I think you can follow the form out of it. You can trust it. But yeah, like you said, you do want to see him do it from the inside as well. Friday's preview time. Friday's preview now, Smithy. Uh, let's get into it. 12 races on the program. Another poxy little uh, little intro there, but uh, we're doing our best. As you know, I'm not going to the effort of putting in a Friday preview when we do three of them a year. And I did cop a little bit of flack uh, this week. Smithy, did you hear why? Well, why did you cop some flack, mate? Oh, because last week I said the Meadows race uh, Saturday, I think it's 53 out of the 56 weeks of the year. And then the you other. Did, you did say that, yes. And a few people got onto me and said, How many weeks are in a year, Jimbo? And I said, Well, <laughs> I always say there's 56, but there's actually only 52 I've been, uh, I've been told. And I'm not even sure if that's right. So, look, <laughs> the older you get, mate, it doesn't matter. You just worry about the next race meeting that you're going to, and that's all you have to worry about. But uh, 12 races beginning 7 12 on Friday night. Let's start with race one. Now, I've got your two selections here. Fiorano's my tip to win the race, um, given that he can find a way past the seven early brutal power. I, I thought the pink was was impressive two starts ago. Uh, and then next start from box four it was. He began only fairly, went to accelerate, but was just a meat in the sandwich, had nowhere to go. So I think box eight gives him the room to muster, pick up some speed, and I think you'll see him burn down the outside and be hard to beat. But my other tip is not for this race, but it's to put into the black book, Serena Bale. I'm going to make the call now that this dog will win a group race over 700 metres. I thought that win last start. I know it looked enormous. It probably looked bigger than it was because the leader was tiring, but still safely breaking 12 seconds. I clocked this Greyhound running home, which tells me 600 won't be a problem. And I think down the track, she'll get seven and we'll be sitting there in maybe a year or two saying Serena Bale's a, a dual group one winner. Yeah, no, it was a massive, massive performance. I am with the outside two in this one, though. I think Brutal Power will lead, and I think Fiorano will get a nice little card across. I think one of those will get the job done. Brutal Power and Fiorano are both eligible for the Silver Chief, and I think that they will be heading there. So there are the dogs that, that you can definitely follow, and uh, Brutal Power, I think, will be setting some cracking sectionals out in front. It's just whether Fiorano can, can go with him late. There's no doubt uh, that a few of these greyhounds in these low-grade races will be targeting a silver chief. And here's another race, two on with one Ludo Bagman. The runs at Geelong have been enormous. The form stacked up with Shadow Wright winning since then. Uh, I've got a close watch on the Ruffy Hippo Griff, who I think can work home and maybe run a, a top four for a same race multi-play. So I like the cockerels here. I'm going with Ludo Bagman, number one, who looks a really nice type. I'm with the six false confidence and uh, I, I was really taken by its run last start when 507 early and then 2996 box six is obviously uh, well, somewhat of a different conveyance than box five that it had last week. But I think this dog's got plenty of talent. Aaron D. Batista's uh, seems, seems to be in pretty good form as of late as a trainer. So we'll, uh, we'll see how he goes, but false confidence on top for me. Yeah, he's been flying uh, D. Batista, no doubt about that. Uh, race three, there will be a bail for me. He needs to cross from box eight, has a 30.06 PB. The only greyhound who's got a faster run is Arizona Rise, and he went 29.66 back in his heyday, but he's not that dog now. So I'm keen on the eight each way, Belvina Bale. Uh, I've got the four on top, Weblex Star. It's run last week at the Meadows, was pretty good uh, coming back over from Adelaide. So Weblex Star on top, but as you said, if Belvina Bale can cross it, she'll be awfully hard to beat as well. Race four on with three amnesty. I thought the run was okay over the 500 last time and, and did hit the line the last 50 metres. Uh, similar type of run home to Serena Bale, maybe a length or two slower around the 12.05 mark. So I think stepping up to 600 is the go, drawn better, closer to the rail with a Thompson polish. There's a, a few boxes ticked there with Amnesty. 
yeah, this one for me is one of those ones where uh, I'm I'm tipping Amnesty, but I couldn't punt on her. Mm. I just want to see her do it uh, back up in distance. She's obviously the class runner of the field. She's an absolute rocket when she's right, and the Thompsons wouldn't be putting her straight up back up to 600 if she wasn't fit enough. But I just think uh, I just want to see her do it one time again. Uh, back from a fairly long layoff. Tim Britton, a genius in the next race with on the off. Now, the way the grading system works is Saturday night and Wednesday night are graded almost as two separate tracks when it comes to the Meadows because the Wednesday is a provincial meeting. So therefore, on the off, who is a grade one on a Saturday night, a group one heat winner of the Hume Cup, was eligible to drop back to a grade five heat on the Wednesday, even though the final comes up on a, effectively a Saturday night. I know it's a Friday, but it's that metropolitan uh, class. He's still eligible for this final, even though he's a grade one going around in a grade five final. I personally feel like if you're racing in a grade five heat that's going to be ran on the Saturday or Friday night as it is this week, you should have to be a grade five on the, the Friday or Saturday metro class meeting, whatever it might be, because... Look, it's it's genius from from Tim Britton to put the greyhound in the race, but for the others who are genuine grade five dogs, they're they're so outclassed against this boy. So he'll probably find a way to get beat now that I've I've said what I've said. But uh, clearly, this is this is the best graded greyhound you'll ever find anywhere in the history of greyhound racing. So he should win number seven on the off. Yeah, look, you're not wrong. It's uh, it's incredibly smart from Tim Britton and. Three back uh, went 8.89 early, which is absolutely sizzling to win. And then obviously uh, into the Group 1 Hume Cup final and then came back and went 8.92 and 34.46, which is, is really fast times. Handles a wide draw, ticks just about every boxer that there is on the off. So I'm pretty keen on this one. And like I said, it's just a, a training masterclass on, on placing your greyhounds this one. Race six, let's win coin. Hopefully that's the case uh, with number two. I think a little bit down on form, but gets the chance back to the Meadows, back to an inside draw and give anything down a bit in class as well. Yeah, this is a really, really tough race for mine. I think Let's Win Coin is drawn beautifully, but so is the three. Keep it black as long as they can avoid the four and the five early and Nitro Bale will uh, will probably come across as well. It was super in a Melbourne Cup heap, just getting beaten by Vice Grip. Uh, so it's a really confusing one with mine, but mine top selections keep it black at an each-way price. It's been beginning beautifully too, keep it black, as did Nitro Bale, as you say, in that uh, Melbourne Cup heat. Uh, race number seven, I'm with uh, one plan ahead, drawn perfectly. I think old Tobin Frost, I, I just have a really soft spot for him. I think he'll hit the line well and looks at an SRM. Same race, multi-play there, but I'm with plan ahead on the each way from the cherry. Yeah, plan ahead's drawn to absolute perfection. And I think, he's, uh, I think his form's a little bit better than what his uh, numerical form reads. He's, he's going a little bit better than that, mm. is what I'm trying to say. Drawn box one, exactly where he wants to be. He is my on topper. Race eight, I'm with Baby JC. I had a quick chat on the racing.com coverage to uh, to Bobby Douglas heading box bound, and uh, he was very disappointed on the way to the start at Sandown because he thought the weather's just not going to suit Baby JC. It was pretty wet. It was tough going there at uh, Sandown last week, and I think she'll bounce back here. Yeah, just put a line through that run. I think she'll be back to her best. She's had two starts at the Meadows for two wins, and I think she'll uh, improve that record here. I reckon we'll be on uh, the same wavelength here in race number nine, uh, Soda Extreme. You've been talking this dog up, and I thought last start it was so unlucky because it was Tinker Murphy, I think the white, who just sort of kept just clipping the heels of the blue trying to get across Soda Extreme. And this this is the race, drawn absolutely perfectly in box number one. Uh, I, I think we'll get the job done. I'm rating this as my best bet of the night, I think, with on the off. Uh, yeah, look, I tried to get Soda Extreme beaten when I was still in the form just before, but uh, I've got Soda Extreme on top. 
Don't go against it, Smithy. You've uh, you've cheered at home that many times in defeat. You exactly. have to be with it. For those who exactly. are wondering what all that clang and banging is in the background, it's the atmosphere of Wednesday racing uh, at the Meadow, Smithy. We're recording this early Wednesday afternoon, and there is Greyhound racing there today. There is, mate. There is. So I apologise for those that uh, think I sound a bit funny, but I, I dare say there's a few people that say that I sound funny full-time yeah. anyway. So no, that's it. We'll, uh, we'll soldier on. No, sounds good, mate. We'll just have to uh, to tell Happy Hammond to call it on mute uh, the next few races anyway. But uh, <laughs> race number 10, I'm with Adelmo Bale. I think drawn perfectly. Three, we know what Melly Magic does. We'll, we'll lean up the track a bit and create space for the red to be hard to beat. Yeah, this is my best bet of the night at Delmo Bale. I think drawn to absolute perfection. Best box dog of the night. Uh, as you mentioned, Mally Magic. I just cannot get that Adelaide Cup out of its out of my head where it was drawn down near the inside and just caused absolute havoc. And I think it'll do it again here. Delmo Bale from the inside, far too good for mine. I reckon that run took the wind out of where she's fast, to be honest, too. Uh, what Mally Magic did in that Adelaide Cup because I, I feel even though she still won the shootout, she just doesn't seem to be racing with that same confidence she did going into that Adelaide Cup run. Last two events made on with Roman Blazer in the 11th and Ailey Bale in the last. Your two selections there, buddy? Uh, I've got Roman Blazer in the 11th as well. We've we've come, a, come a, got a, quite a few uh, selections that have matched up tonight. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But in the last, I've got Victor Damien. I'm giving him another chance. It was his first look at the track last week in uh, at the Meadows. He's had that crack at it. He's uh, he's a very fast animal coming over from SA with some big wraps on him. So if he can show that sort of form, he, he can be winning this sort of race on his way to the Silver Chief. Punters Punting Club. This Punters Punting Club is all about building a bank for Melbourne Cup night. Smithy, and you'll be joining us on the podcast uh, for the Melbourne Cup. It will be myself, you, Corey Smith, Jason Adams, Daniel Hibbert, Mitch Abaya. So it's going to be absolutely enormous, the Melbourne Cup podcast, which will be out uh, late Wednesday evening is the plan. Uh, what are we doing, Punters Punters Club, mate? I'm, I'm going to go $15 each way on Soda Extreme. And I'll have $20 the win on, on the off. And if I had a little bit of cash left in the pocket, I might even play a multi between the pair. Well, I'm, uh, I'm going to go 25 the win on on the off and 25 the win on a Dalmo Bale. I think both of them can get the job done. If you want to have a little bit extra on a Dalmo Bale, feel free because I think that probably is my best bet of the night. But I think at least one of those will be winning. Good on you, Smithy. Uh, gamble responsibly, mate. And we'll chat to you a bit later on tonight for the Melbourne Cup preview. Thank you, mate. Inside Info. Back by popular demand, a crowd favourite on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast is young trainer Jess Hopkins. She's always flying, always training winners, and she's been good enough to uh, to join the number one podcast floating about at the moment. Jess, how are you travelling? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Um, thanks for the kind words. I'm not sure... Uh... Everyone loves hearing this voice too much, but uh, good to be back. Well, I will let you know a little secret. The numbers seem to rise, uh, Jess, when you come on. I'm not sure if that's just you hitting replay, replay, replay after you've uh, you've come on the podcast, but the numbers do rise. So, hence, we've got you back. But what's news? You're, you're part of the family. I think this is the, I'd say, nearly third time you've been on the podcast. So, has much happened in the last few months? Uh, definitely third or fourth time. Um, oh, look, it's been pretty down lately um two best dogs out injured and uh Alfie Moon unfortunately did a webbing the week before the bold trace heats and had surgery and be back hopefully for the sale cup and I'll see Panama Canal did a shoulder ligaments and a triangle when he was yeah going to win a, a nice final at sale so he was out the Bendigo Cup and Melbourne Cup so it's um it's been a pretty average time to be honest 
not a not a great time to get you on the podcast by the sounds of it either. But uh, that that is the ups and downs of racing, isn't it? Uh, and I think any sport really, once you, you you seem to have those good runs where everything you touch will turn to gold. And I think it happens in in the football and in everything, but in particular in greyhound racing and. And then you do have a couple of little niggly injuries that happen and then the dogs are on the sidelines for a month or two and I guess you almost just tread water until you get them all back up, healthy, fit and ready to go again. Yeah, that's right. Especially, um, you know, good do- the saying is um, good dogs hurt themselves more than the average ones. They push themselves a bit harder. So uh, and then you just give them that little bit of extra time uh, coming back because, you, you know, you just don't want to risk them. So 100%. Yeah, it's a slow process. And, and talking about that, Jess, just elaborating on on the injuries, I guess, that you can get in, in, in racing and, and just in general, but uh, elaborating on, on the, the amount of work that goes in to pick up these injuries so that the dogs obviously aren't going to, to a race or going to be galloped or, or whatever it might be with, with any injuries. There's, there's so much work that goes in, A, to pick up the injury before obviously the dog then goes on to, to hurt it even more or, or damage that uh, area even more. And, and then secondly, the, the rehab and the recovery once the injury has been found. Yeah, I don't think people sort of realise it. You know, um, they think training greyhounds, you sort of let them out twice a day and uh, race them once a week, sort of. Uh, but it's certainly not that. You spend hours up there, even just with toenails, filing nails, um, little things that people wouldn't even realise. So, yeah, the laser gets a good workout, uh, especially on Panama's triangle, trying to break up scar tissue. And um, Alfie Moon at the moment's trying to just lick his webbing because the bandage is off. So it's... Uh, like a madhouse at our joint. <laughs> hey, you've got two runners on Friday. Let's talk a bit more positively, I guess you could say, uh, looking forward to the Meadows on Friday night. We'll start with uh, race 10, number six, one's obsession. This greyhound's a, a bit of a front-running type, like the other one you've got in. Drawn a bit awkwardly, but uh, on uh, one's obsession's day, can can win some nice races. Yeah, he's, he's, it's hard to explain. He's just a very nice dog. Um, you know, he, Lacks that little bit to be a top-class dog, but he's run second in a Benigo Cup heat. So, look, I, I'm glad we haven't drawn box four next to Mally Magic. I think we know it's going to be heading our way. Um, so, look, on Delmo Bale and Peacock are probably going to be hard to beat. But, look, he's struggled there. Uh, he seems to be actually getting stronger um, as he's getting older. His last run at Terrelgan, he looked like he was going to get beat, and he's pulled away late. So, um, it sort of now's the time to give him a chance in town. Unfortunately, we've drawn, you know, even Hilltop Jack off box eight, a, a group dog, and it's a good race. So, and a mix four or five, your first crack in town's a bit a bit tough, but hopefully he's in front. And uh, if he jumps like he has been at Tarragon, he should clear him. Um, and then if they they can run 30 dead, 30 10, and beat him, good luck to them, mm. sort of. So, yeah. Well, decent push there. It's a 9.50 marked in the Watchdog form guide, so I'm sensing a little bit of a responsible each-way play there on uh, one's obsession. Race 12, number 8, Manoli Magic. This one's a little bit of a favourite of mine. Uh, you know what you're going to get with Manoli Magic. Generally, uh, a fast-beginning type, and just about every time I think you've drawn out wide at the Meadows, he's been able to spear the lids, come across and lead. Yeah, I'm actually the sister of one's obsession, so it's a nice little lid. She... It's funny, you don't really want to draw wide at the Meadows, but with her, I don't mind it. Mm. So I think um, I'm hoping she gets a cart. The seven, I think a couple of starts ago, ran 504 at Sandown. So hopefully it can head left. It's a very, it's another good race, actually, for grade five. Um, Victor Damien is a very, very good pup. Um, and then Wennington Bale and uh, the, the the three as well. I can't remember its name off the top Ailey of my Bale. head. I yeah, Ailey Bale's run really quick at Warrigal. So it's going to be tough. But again, hopefully she can get, uh, round them. Um, obviously, she had a fall two starts to go at Sandown, and 
um, we're just trying to get a city win and then um, for a record for, for when she has pups. So um, hopefully Saturday night's a night. She'll, she's going to need trouble behind, but, you know, she's always sort of going to run that 30-15. And um, unfortunately, she's been beaten, I think, two or three times in the last 50 metres. So mm. hopefully it doesn't happen again. Well, fingers crossed she can spear the the start and overcome the wide draw. And there's a greyhound that can, like you say, it is going to be her because she does hit the ground and then just explode. As I let you go, Jess, I know you're a little bit of a form student. You would have been all over the Melbourne Cup heats last Saturday night. Have you had uh, much of a look at the final on Saturday night? And have you got one that you think might be the, the dog to beat? I think plaintiff's drawn to win the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, I think plaintiff, but... Um, and if not him, vice grip. Uh, you know, those dogs out wide are going to struggle to get around Fernando Mick if he begins again. So, um, yeah, I think if Plaintiff begins like he can, I think he'll be too far in front. But if he doesn't quite begin and get the break, I think vice grip will be the one to, to pounce. Um, he should follow Plaintiff and tighten Blazer Blazer up. But, yeah, uh, Plaintiff for me, is, um, he's just uh, special that first probably 450 metres. Mm-hmm. There's not many better. No, it's going to be an exciting race. And uh, hopefully this time next year, Jess, I'll be interviewing you ahead of the Melbourne Cup. Good luck, firstly, with Friday. And obviously, the next 12 months before we interview you on, uh, I guess, Melbourne Cup Eve to chat your runner next year. (laughs) Uh, I'll ring you for that one. You don't have to ring me. (laughs) Sounds good. On you, Jess. Take care. You too. And that's it. Episode number 86 of the Green Light on Premier Racing Podcast done and dusted. I can't believe it. We're counting down to the century, the ton. We're going to get there very, very soon. Don't forget the Melbourne Cup preview podcast coming out very, very soon. Until then, safe travelling and as always, happy punting.